0: The final furlong podcast is brought to you by Venetour Racing Social. If you are planning a racing trip to Europe or further afield, check out Venetour Racing Social for a large range of bespoke racing holidays at venetour.co.uk. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy.
1: It is great to have you in the hot seat as we delve deep into the scorching feud between the BHA and the jockeys as it inches ever closer to boiling point. I think that's all the puns I've got for you. I think I managed to get them out of my system at the very start of the show. Which is a good thing, because we'll do the light-hearted bit now, because the rest of this show, I'm afraid, is not going to be particularly light-hearted. This is another serious situation that the jockeys find themselves in. Last week we explained all about the whip-rules and the disingenuous behaviour from the BHA that they have engaged in consistently throughout that entire process. Is it possible that they've engaged in more disingenuous behavior regarding the sauna ban? Why should you care? I hope this episode explains it to you as we have a top lineup of guests, including trailblazing jockey Lizzie Kelly, now a colleague of mine on TalkSport 2. We'll be joined by ever-engaging pundit and our colleague from TalkSport 2, Tony McCormack. Looking forward to you hearing their choice words for horse racing's honchos. Former jockey turn pundit Louis Stewart drops some knowledge bombs about the significance of saunas in the lives of jockeys, how essential they are for our athletes, and Louis shares his own experiences. Top Jumps jockey Brendan Powell gives an insight into the actual diet of a jockey and the gritty realities they face. Ex-CEO of the PJA, Paul Struthers, is back on the show to break down the biggest response to a survey in the history of the Professional Jockeys Association, which makes for grim reading. Jockeys are physically and mentally worse off now than they were when saunas were around in British racecourses. He will explain all of that. And before I bring in our first guest, let me just say, we have a great, terrific audience to the Final Fourland Podcast, and I really appreciate the kind words, the DMs that were sent on the back of last week's show. But the people who are contributing to this episode are giving up their time because they are genuinely concerned about the physical and mental well-being of jockeys in British racing. So spread the word about this show as far and wide as you can. Share it on social media, share it via email, share it via WhatsApp. It's all greatly appreciated. Our first guest is a man who's making his second appearance on the show in the space of just a week, and he's currently riding high in the British Jockeys Championship. Tom Marquand, welcome back to the Final Furlong Podcast. No, not,
2: not at all. Thank
1: you for having me on. For those who are unfamiliar with the story, can you just explain why the sauna is so important for jockeys?
2: Yeah, I mean, look. Obviously, first and foremost, horse racing is a is a sort of weight making sport uh, as per se, and um, obviously, it's a bit of a different structure to um, most weight making sports in that we actually have to compete at the at the weight that we um, weigh in or weigh out at. So, um, you know, jockeys day to day have to uh, have to manage their weight and um, obviously using various different tools, be it. Uh, diet, exercise, uh, dehydration, so sweating, they all sort of make up essential parts of uh, of a jockey's life and um, in the UK we're very fortunate that we've got lots of racing but it does demand that basically for um, six months of the year you pretty much ride seven days a week um, barring if you get a small van or end up being unfortunate enough to have a meeting cancelled due to walk logging or something like that. So. Um, the, yeah, the, the intensity over here is probably the main cause of, of why um, this has been such an important subject.
1: So at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, saunas were banned everywhere. You couldn't use them in a gym, you couldn't use them in a hotel, and understandably, they then had to be banned at racecourses as well. Uh, there, was, there was a viral pandemic, you couldn't have saunas in action. However, when it was put to a jockey vote and you all agreed, or the majority of you agreed to give them up, Part of that was that you were being given an allowance, and that weight allowance has subsequently been removed, but the saunas are still gone. So that, to me, that seems deeply unfair.
2: Yeah, and uh, and, and look, this is um, the argument and the sort of um, opinion that, that, that pretty much the entire weighing room and um, jockey population has taken, in that, you know, when, as you say, when it was first put to us, it was... Uh, would you like saunas back, or would you like to keep your extra two pound allowance for not having the saunas? Well, I mean, you know, on a day-to-day basis, not having to lose that extra two pounds was a huge, um, a huge benefit to jockeys' well-being, physically and mentally. Now, we obviously subsequently then had the two pound allowance taken off us. Um, and again, as you say, no 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 saunas to replace that, and and you know it feels like sort of um, why j- jockeys have had the sort of carpet uh, ripped from underneath their feet, really, because you know we didn't need the tool of the sauna whilst we had the two pound um, allowance, so so that hence uh, voting for that at that point in time, um, and then the BHA decided that the two pound allowance wasn't um, something that they were happy with us having. Uh, but so they've taken taken with both hands rather than taking them one and giving them with the other.
1: If you go into a gym, you'll see there's an advised time limit for how long you're supposed to use a sauna. What is the BHA's reason for banning them for jockeys? Why do they not want you using them?
2: Yeah, so, so look, obviously the BHA has um, made it very clear that they, they don't want uh, saunas to be back on racecourses, but they haven't really given any valid or, or, or true argument as to why to be perfectly honest I mean as as, um, as far as general population goes around the world saunas are very much used as uh, 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 for health benefits um, you know we, we, we were lucky to spend time in Japan obviously you go into uh, onsens and hot spas there and they always have a sauna similar in Scandinavian countries and it's part of culture and you know the BHA's their standpoint is to say that saunas are unhealthy and bad for jockeys, um, which is a is a complete nonsensical argument to be perfectly honest. Um, and and you know even if they uh, try to go for the standpoint that sweating is bad for jockeys, well, you know we we know that dehydrating is obviously not a health benefit, and we know that it's not going to uh increase your life expectancy by dehydrating but by taking away saunas they have not stopped sweating you know you they've 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 just bought in uh more stressful means of jockeys doing it and 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 put more pressure on uh onto jockeys on 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 their time on their financial side as well and physically um you know i mean I, Again, it comes back to the fact that we're we're sort of being in, dictated to by people that have never experienced it. And, you know, if I told sort of anyone in general public, go and lose two pounds, uh, but the only equipment you're allowed to use is a sweatsuit. They would have to run for an hour hard to lose that weight. Equally, if you said, OK, go and uh, go and lose that two pounds with a sauna, it would probably take them 15, 20 minutes and very little um energy expenditure and and you know the the situations that jockeys have been put in are things like going and using leisure centers within the hotel that partners with the race course that you have to pay 20 30 pounds for the privilege to use um when there's a sauna within the weighing room it's turned off and we're not allowed to use it um and it's in a professional capacity obviously you've got uh, paramedics around because due to the nature of our sport we we get followed by them um, so they're always around in the weighing room. Uh, we have other jockeys who, who who know each other very well. So you know if anything um, were to go amiss, you've you've got people around uh, for that. Um, and you know we you know as jockeys we've been put in situations where. Um, so for for argument's sake, I've had it. Uh, I stayed up at Newcastle after an evening meeting. I was riding at Newcastle again the next day with eight stone nine, so with a good bit of weight to lose in the morning. And I was sat in the sauna with um some some guys that had, had a very, very fun night and had a very long night and trying to freshen up for the races that day. And, you know, as a as a professional jockey that's being tested uh for banned substances consistently throughout the season and year and expected to know exactly what's going in and know exactly what's happening. You're then having to sit alongside people uh in in, in this environment and and it, it, it doesn't just uh, make it tougher, it puts you at risk. And, and like the, the, the BHA is expecting jockeys to do something that is impossible. We can't turn up the right way and not be dehydrating uh, at, at points through the week and different race days.
1: I'd never even considered cross contamination uh, as a possibility. Just on that, uh, Brendan Powell was talking to us on the show, I think, two months ago. And this was the first time I had heard this, that while there is a sauna ban across every single British racecourse, there are certain racecourses who are handing vouchers to jockeys. And you kind of alluded to this earlier in our conversation. Uh, But Brendan was telling me that there are certain racecourses that are handing vouchers to jockeys and saying, yeah, you can't use the sauna here, lads, but you can go and use it at a hotel we own. That seems bonkers, because that would be jockey club racecourses. Uh, who are very much connected to the BHA, which means that there seems to be some kind of a split. That while the BHA are in favour of banning them, there clearly are people and elements within the group who think now this is crazy.
2: Yeah, uh, look, and that that that's absolutely right. And you know, as jockeys, we're very grateful to the tracks that do that because essentially what they're doing is making our lives easier. Um, and and you know, in in the same sentence, these are the tracks that have. in in some cases, certainly anyway, they still have a sauna in the weighing room that works. We're just not allowed to turn it on and get in it. Um, And, and, you know, that that just seems bonkers. But, you know, the people around us and, you know, these clerks of the courses, you know, these are people that see us on a daily basis throughout the country, up and down, obviously on various different days of the week, depending what track they they look after. You know, they're they're accommodating what jockeys need and they see the struggle and they're, they're helping. They're relieving the situation. But the reality is, in in quite a few of these racecourses, I think there's 20 20 racecourses throughout the country that still have a working sauna, but we're not allowed to get in them. You know, of these 20, several of them are the tracks that we're having to go down the road to the hotel um, that's in partnership with that racecourse to to have our our sweat and get the last little bit of weight off. And and you know how how crazy is that? That to an already time-constricted day where we may have Got up at five to ride out, or before before five if you're riding at in new market because they like to beat each other to the gallops, um, and then travelled racing four or five hours. Some occasions, you know, you, you're you're with, you're eating up time of your day that you don't have in the first place. Um, to 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 go down the road to the hotel, and to then have to get changed to get changed back. Instead, we could be doing it in a safe environment. Uh, within the wing room, as I say, you have your medical professionals around, you have colleagues and friends around, uh, and it's all just a much safer and and efficient environment. Um, and, and, and and this has been noticed by people that aren't even jockeys, um, like the clerks at the courses, and they're helping us out, which shows the situation that we're in.
1: And a considerable amount of time in your day is eaten up by travel to the race course. That could be exactly. hours of, of a journey. So that's hours that you can't be exercising. It's hours you can't be working out to get your weight down, which is where the sauna would is, come in to help you.
2: Exactly. And and look, this is one of the main dangers that, that I personally would be worried about at the moment is is that you do have people sweating in cars. Um
3: yeah.
0: and
2: I mean I'm 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 extremely fortunate and I know how lucky I am. I have a full time diver and I have a hot tub at home and I, I I've, I've got the facilities to sweat, but you still only have certain hours of the day to be able to do it. Um, you know, and, 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 and there are guys that don't, you know, they'll ride out in a yard and ride four or five lots from the yard. They'll be, they'll be finished at half 11, 12 and, and they have to leave racing at 12, you, you know, and, and they might have, it might only be a pound. It might only be two pounds. Which is a very small amount of weight, if, if you go percentage-wise for your body weight, but it, it's it has to come off somewhere. And if they could just drive straight racing, hop in sauna so for 15, 20 minutes, very it very easily comes off. But at the moment, your well, the BHA is basically encouraging people to they'll just get in the car wearing their uh, riding out gear, which um, you know they might stick a pair of a waterproof trousers and a jacket on, they just turn their they turn their heating full blast and drive that one, two, three, four hours to the races because they know they don't have the the time to risk to go home, get in the bath and then drive racing. Um, whereas if the saunas are at the track, those people will just drive to the races. They'll be able to have a small drink because they know their body will, will, will let go of fluid very easily once they get to the races and jump in the sauna and, and, they're in a safe environment and no one's at risk road road goers and themselves. And, and again, it just comes back to, to the argument of, okay, the BHA tries to um, fight the safety corner. when I would argue that it's much safer being sat in a sauna for 20 minutes than sat in a car for three hours with the heating on full blast, driving 70 miles an hour. Um, if they're abiding by the loss. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, continuous um road towards one answer and it's it's that jockeys need as a tool because it's the most efficient and easiest and fastest way of making weight properly
1: and i'm sure some listening are going to be infuriated and frustrated to hear what you've just said i'm sure there are others listening who are shocked and appalled by that behavior because they're going to think well hang on you're if you're sweating in a car You're putting yourself at risk of fatigue. You're therefore risking the lives of of other road users, which you've alluded to as well. But the fact is that this policy from from the BHA is turning people to acts of desperation. And an act of desperation is to sweat profusely in a car on your way to a race course. And Tom, I've interviewed jockeys. I've interviewed countless jockeys who've openly told me that's what they're doing and it's yeah, frightening yeah. to think that the BHA cannot see the logic in that. If they were to restore the weight allowance that was there during COVID, would that end this matter?
2: Um, it would certainly help, but we're still going to end up in the same situation. I, I feel, you know, trainers, ultimately, uh, trainers, owners, and, and, and general public having their bets and, and, and pumping on horse racing want to know what weight the horse is carrying. And if it's an undisclosed uh, sort of Number like before, we had the extra two pounds. You know, the vast majority of people wouldn't even be aware of that. So I do, you know, well we understand that situation, Um, and and as I say, as jockeys, we're not we're not trying to argue against um, the 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 sort of weight making side of the sport because it's very much part of our lives and we're very aware of that, and and, and that is fine. Um, But but we feel like if if are given the proper tools, the fact that the, the sort of BHA is almost—it's almost taken that away from us. In that um, you can't help but feel a level of animosity towards what's going on, and how much of a shame is that? The people that uh, you know love love the sport so much and live and breathe it, and are you know it is all consuming uh, to our lives, and 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 then yet yeah, you sort of you walk away thinking alright what's actually going on with our sport and it does it's a shame a big big shame
1: well said Tom really appreciate your insight on the show really appreciate the time you've given us as well best of luck for the rest of the season but hopefully we'll be talking to you again very very soon on the final for podcast
4: not
2: at all much, much appreciated
4: interview my arse because that's the the clowns of you that are on there that's why I wouldn't want it are talking absolute rubbish absolute rubbish you are you're a farce and so is he he knows nothing about race
3: you were an underachiever in life
4: you were I saved
1: your bacon one time you were gone
0: you are one of these takeout merchants take out all
2: you can you're calling out bookmakers prices on this channel right yep. you couldn't have two bananas
4: to a banana with the bookmakers And
5: but stop
2: you's talking, talking rubbish how much
5: do I now? Give talking.
0: right the show's over boys thank you very let much let me show you right now for you give it up
1: Let's bring in Paul Struthers, ex-CEO of the Professional Jockeys Association. Paul, you've got access to the PGA survey that Matt Chapman has been talking about quite a bit on ITV Racing and on Sky Sports Racing, and I'm sure that you can share that staggering data with us. But critics of jockeys, and indeed the BHA themselves, would say jockeys voted to get rid of the saunas. So how has British racing ended up in this position?
6: I think it's really important, Emmett, to look at the the kind of background, firstly, to how the sauna ban came about because we all know that it it originally came from the restarting of racing after COVID and saunas were closed as an infection control measure to protect jockeys and, and the others that were working on the race course on a race day. Um, in compensation for the saunas being closed, and and from lobbying from the PJA, and I was there at the time. I only left in December twenty one. Uh, a three pound allowance was introduced for jockeys to compensate for the closure of saunas, and that process worked well for over a year. Um, I know the National Trainers Federation, on behalf of some of their members raised concerns about that allowance um and that it was basically a hidden amount of extra weight that horses were carrying all horses were carrying that extra weight but it wasn't published outside of the original announcement in june 2020 when racing returned that jockeys were going to receive this allowance so the pja at the time surveyed its membership on this particular issue. And you are right that a significant majority voted for the closure of the saunas. And they did so because one of the questions we asked jockeys at the time was whether they felt physically, mentally, or physically and mentally better or worse for the closure of saunas and the £3 allowance. And 63% said they felt better one way or the other. And only 4% said they felt worse. So, 88% of respondents to that survey, and we got 190 responses. So, give or take, roughly 40% of the membership, 88% supported the removal of saunas. But of that 88%, 84% supported the removal of saunas, but only if they retained their personal allowance. That data was shared with the BHA and others in racing. Um, Obviously the NTF had raised this concern about the the allowance. And despite receiving those survey results and the BHA, the regulator, they can make decisions they want. The BHA decided it was going to remove the personal allowance, still close saunas, but remove the personal allowance. Now what they did instead, they they raised the bottom weight in races by two pounds and they raised the top weight in races by two pounds. Um, and then ev- eventually increased the jockey's body protector allowance by a pound and called it a safety allowance. And the BHA anticipated that joc- all jockeys would do is they would ride at two pounds higher than they had done previously and use the extra pound for their safety allowance, and the status quo would be the case. We warned them that that wouldn't be the case and wouldn't happen. We warned them that the PGA wouldn't support this measure and jockeys wouldn't support this measure and that it would cause problems. And we said to them at the time that if they were insistent on doing this, it was important to accompany any announcement with a wide-ranging educational kind of element to it so that agents, jockeys and trainers knew understood what was happening and therefore you would hope they might take rides at £2 higher. And obviously... I left, I think that 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 element got announced in January 2022. So I left at the end of December 21. And I left at short notice and left the team at the PJA under the Kosher quite significantly after leaving. So that decision had been made by the BHA before I left, but they didn't announce it until after I left. And what you've seen is um, increasing concerns raised by jockeys over the lack of saunas and the removal of their personal allowance so earlier this year um in june the pja surveyed its membership again asking them the same questions that they were asked 18 months plus previously and the results were really worrying firstly you had 244 responses so 60 percent of the membership PJ has never had a survey response like that before in its in its life um, and really, really worrying. So remember the figures from before, you now had um, 52.8% reporting feeling worse. So that's a 12-fold increase in jockeys reporting to feel physically, mentally, or both physically and mentally worse. And having had 88% supporting the removal of saunas, just seventeen percent now supported the removal of saunas, with the vast majority supporting their return. Um, and 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 look, I I I think what's happening, and uh, you and many of your listeners will have heard or seen Tom Mark talking about this mm. on ITV or on social media from the clips that they showed. I think it is just incredibly difficult for jockeys, and getting harder because what what's happened. Is when a jockey could use a sauna, they could turn up to races, lose a pound or two in the sauna, and and that would largely be it. And they could just get on and ride. Now, no one thinks for one second that doing that on a daily basis is um, ideal, but it's necessary. What they're doing now, because jockeys are increasingly busy outside of just their race riding commitments, so riding work in the morning, long hours on the road, etc. So what you might have now is a jockey having a hot bath or if they've got a sauna at home, a sauna first thing in the morning. Heading to the races, not having any fluid intake, getting to the races, maybe going for a run in a sweatsuit, maybe having sweated in the car. So what you are now getting is jockeys dehydrated for much, much longer in the day than was previously the case. And so we, the PJA has taken this survey to the BHA and asked for saunas to return, um, the response has not been, is my understanding, positive. Um, and it's, I know it's a, it's an issue of huge frustration to the PJA because the PJA, fairly or unfairly, and and I've not been involved for eighteen months, so I can't comment on that. Has been criticised by some in racing for not representing its members effectively. The jockeys themselves have been criticized, and, and there was something in the newspaper about it in a comment piece by Lee Mottet of not engaging in consultation processes and making life difficult for the PJA as a result to represent them effectively. Um, and now it seems that the PJA is being criticized because it's had a massive response to a survey. So is representing their jockeys Views and representing them effectively. The jockeys have obviously engaged to unprecedented levels in this survey. um, And they are being criticized for what the BHA are saying is a change of position. But it's entirely disingenuous of the BHA to say it's a change of position because they know perfectly well that the vast majority of jockeys who voted to remove saunas only did so on the basis of the personal allowance remaining. And when presented with that data, the BHA removed their personal allowance. So I can I sympathise tremendously with the jockeys and with the PJA on this one. Um, I think the PJA and their position and how they've behaved has been massively misportrayed or inaccurately portrayed, sorry. And look, there's no sign to this problem stopping or being eased anytime soon.
1: I'm reminded of the quote from George Bernard Shaw. Progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Which is, a quote, I agree. which is a quote that I lean on heavily because I'm Hippocrates. I'm constantly changing my mind and flip-flopping on various different things. This is a serious situation. And quite frankly, the perception of the BHA right now, it's almost like they've woken up one morning and decided, how can we really screw over jockeys? I don't understand how the BHA can be as flippant about it, if that's the phrase to use or, or the wording to use, when they're presented with such serious data. And I'm sure there will be plenty of listeners going, well, hang on, why is it only 60% of jockeys who responded to this, and I, I did like the quote from uh, Ross Malar of Racing TV. The jockeys were told they had six days to fill it out, but some of them miscounted and missed the deadline. But um, tish Follow Ross on Twitter for, for, more, for more terrific one-liners. I could have stolen that. I could have stolen that, but I, didn't, I wouldn't have felt good about it. The fact that you're saying that is one of the highest, if not the highest, responses that the PGA have ever gotten to a survey should tell you how motivated jockeys are on this, how, how frustrated and concerned they are about it. And Sean Flanagan tweeted something, and look, Sean does ride in the UK, but predominantly he rides in Ireland. He was uh, tweeting to say, very well said, about Matt Chapman talking about how one-thirds of, of jockeys now feel physically and mentally worse on this on ITV's opening show. And he went on to say, it's much the same story in Ireland. It is only a matter of time before a jockey gets injured while sweating in a car. This should be done in a controlled environment at the races. And surely that's the whole point here. Like, this is about welfare of jockeys, it's about trying to ensure that jockeys are, are safe. Why did they go back on their initial decision to raise the weights? If that was something that they were committed to early on, why did they then reverse that decision?
6: When you, In terms of weight, the, the weights did get raised. So the weights in races got raised. That happened. So the bottom weight went up two pounds and the top weight went up two pounds. What they reversed was the personal allowance for the jockeys.
1: Yeah but that's them changing their mind. So it's okay for them to change their mind on that. But it's not okay Correct. for the jockeys to change their mind about the saunas.
6: Correct. And and the irony, look, and and I think it's a vital importance bearing in mind where racing is generally and and there's still loads of positives about racing, but there's also, you know, significant concern about the health of racing and where racing's going and and or well, you know how racing's run, how decisions are made, et cetera. So I think I think it's hugely important for the participants and particularly jockeys and trainers and, and racing staff. So the National Trainers Federation, NAS and the PJA to have as, as strong a relationship with each other as possible because what, what those organizations can achieve when they're joined up and in harmony uh, far, exceeds anything they can achieve as individual entities so i'm not saying this is a criticism of the ntf or its members but when the ntf raised concerns with the bha and the bha in my view effectively just thought well we don't want to take sides in this so we will upset you both equally and which is never good regulation horses ended up carrying exactly the same weight post the removal of the jockey's personal allowance for the closure of saunas as they did beforehand. So nothing changed. Horses are carrying exactly the same weight today as they did you know, a year and a half ago when the personal allowance for the closure of saunas was in place. There was no evidence of an increased risk of injury to horses. There was no evidence of top weights underperforming in races. Ironically, albeit it was a small sample size, top weights were performing fractionally better and course records on occasion were still being set with these extra weights being carried so it was a I'll say puzzling decision of the BHA to remove the personal allowance particularly when looked at in hindsight when the BHA are now saying that not reopening saunas is for welfare reasons for jockeys and and that this is where i'm I'm puzzled, because, and I don't single out the bHA in this because it applies to the vast majority, not all of them, but the vast majority of sporting regulators that they generally talk a pretty good game on welfare and mental well-being. But actually, the proof is always in the pudding and and their actions very rarely align with their words. and And it's happening here because saunas weren't closed because they were dangerous. They were closed for infection control purposes. Yeah. Now, I know the PJA nor jockeys are asking for saunas return, to return on a completely unregulated basis. They're not. Um, they would be happy for sauna use to be managed. And my view and the view of the jockeys and the view of the PJA and the view of many other sensible people is it's surely better to have Regulated use in sight of um officials and in a controlled environment where you do have medical staff on duty, as opposed to saying, as is happening now, we know it's happening, we know it's happening for longer periods of the day where sort jockeys are dehydrated, we know it's happening away from the race course, but frankly, out of sight, out of mind. Um ultimately. I think the reason for the BHA taking the position it has on not supporting the return of saunas is a genuinely held belief that it is not the way jockeys should operate. And I think that belief is well-meaning. And I understand why, for example, Jerry Hill, who's a very good man. uh, I respect him a lot. I get on very well with him. I've always worked very well with him. And I, I understand why Jerry feels that, but I do think it avoids the reality of a jockey's life, particularly in this country. And I know Tom Mark touched touch on this. I don't think there's anywhere in the world where being a jockey is harder than it is in this country. Um, in terms of the hours you have to do, the call on jockey services in the morning to exercise horses, the low returns on from prize money that apply to all participants in this country, not just jockeys. Um, the miles they have to put on the road, the complete lack of seasonal breaks that they have, unlike every single other sport in the world, um, and indeed many other ju- racing jurisdictions. Um, so I think it's well-meaning, but I think it's misplaced. And I, I I strongly suspect, Emmett, that one of the main drivers for saunas not returning is because of probably more than 40 of the 59 racecourses saunas have been ripped out as part of a wider upgrade of of jockey facilities and that the finances of it are a large factor as well
1: i think all of those points are very well made the jockey club and the bha are fundamentally intertwined so if jockey club racecourses are handing out vouchers to jockeys and saying you can't use a sauna here go to a hotel we're connected to. Well, then that means there's a split, at least amongst the jockey club, that they don't agree with what's going on, maybe even a split with some people in the BHA that they don't agree with it. And then surely the BHA should be coming back to the negotiating table and saying, okay, so we've seen the stats, we've seen the, the survey, this is not good, but also the jockey club clearly don't agree with it because they wouldn't be handing out those vouchers if that was the case.
6: Yeah, I certainly think what the PJA and its members are are entitled to is to understand why the BHA are resistant to sauna's reopening. And and I don't think the PJA and its members do understand that because they've not really been told that. And therefore, whenever there's a void, and particularly, you know, and I I saw it over the weekend following... um, Matt Chapman's piece in the sun and, and then his talking about it on ITV racing. And, and clearly he's, he's had the results of the PJA survey. That's, that's obvious. And, um, you know, when, when, when an organization like the PJA is open and transparent with its members, there is always a chance that the that, that information might leak. So I saw the BHA reiterating that line of 88% of jockeys voted um, to remove saunas back in 2021 and the PJA supported the new weighing room project to upgrade facilities um, and that included the removal of saunas. But it is so utterly disingenuous to say that. And I think that that misportrayal of, of the position, and I won't go back over the stats again, just it's incredibly frustrating for jockeys and I suspect the PJA. and it, it it shows, I just don't, it's not necessary. And and you therefore question why someone does it, because it comes back to your, your point about people changing their minds, but the jockeys didn't change their minds in this case. And when the PJA agreed to the weighing room project, which is running massively behind, by the way, um, when they agreed to it, the personal allowance was still in place. so I I think I can understand the jockey's frustrations with the BHA on a lot of different levels. They're obviously now I am back. I'm doing two days a week consultancy and project management for the PJA. Um, as you said at the start, I'm not a spokesperson for them. I'm not on here on behalf of them but it won't surprise you to hear that I've picked up various other bits and pieces unrelated to whip, unrelated to saunas that are going on in the background here. And I think jockeys are an easy target. They've been an easy target for a very long time for the regulator. Um, And look, I always saw my job at the PJA was to try and foresee things that jockeys couldn't or did wouldn't or didn't um if i didn't agree with what jockeys wanted me to do my job was to try and change their minds and then if i didn't and they wanted me to do it i could either do it or not and if i didn't you know that tends to lead lead to one outcome but i think the other thing that was really important was just to have you need you needed to have their backs both publicly and in private and you needed to fight their corner. And there were times when I would do that publicly because it had to be done. Either you'd gone through all the right processes, you'd had meetings, you'd had conversations, you'd been constructive, you'd been collegiate, and then you were getting nowhere and then you had to go public. But you also had to go public so that the jockeys knew you were fighting for them. Now, I think there's a time and a place for that. And I get the impression the jockeys have missed that. But equally, I look at the whip rules and the PJA's different approach has clearly achieved stuff in that regard as well. So I'm not saying my approach was right, but I do get the impression that you race courses, when something's not going their way, tend to publicly hold the BHA to account and oftentimes tend to get their way. There doesn't seem to have been a great deal of holding the bha publicly to account um on various things and it may well be doing, being done in private so th- that's different but i look i i'm i'm looking at this from the outside in i can completely understand why jockeys um might feel that they're being continuously hit hard by the BHA and criticised for not engaging. And when they do engage, they get ignored.
1: You mentioned that the jockeys are an easy target for the BHA. Why did the BHA need a target at all?
6: It's a good question. I don't think, for example, and I, I, I'm talking slightly across topics now. So when, when the BHA announced the changes to the whip rules and the whip rules came in earlier this year i don't think that for one second that the bha made that decision in any for any way shape or form vindictively towards jockeys I, i i just don't believe that i think the rules themselves and the penalties have meant jockeys have paid an unbelievable price for the new whip rules um, but I don't think it's vindictive. I just, look, I I, I don't know what it is, Emmett. And I, and, I, and because I don't know what it is, I don't really want to speculate on what it might be. I worked at the BHA for 10 years, albeit, you know, it's God, 12, 13 years ago since I left. So much can change in that time. Certainly when I was there, there was no vendetta against jockeys there was no um attempt to put them down and in my time at the pja even when we'd have public disagreements which you would have from time to time as a general rule got on very well with the bha organizationally and personally and i I strongly suspect it's the same with the pja now i don't think that's changed but i do feel there is what can probably be politely described as an overly heavy-handed approach when it comes to jockeys and that's across various areas but particularly in the realm of of the compliance legal and and disciplinary side of things
1: is it just a case of that the BHA want to be seen to be doing something
6: possibly but i think it depends on which aspect if you're looking at the whip rules i they are under pressure and a lot of participants wouldn't always see this they are under pressure not just from animal rights organizations um and 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 there's therefore some hidden pressure political pressure i mean on on the bha to be able to demonstrate that it can independently regulate the sport particularly from a welfare issue and i I do understand and sympathize with that when it comes to the saunas I don't know whether it's simply driven by an ideology with lots of good stuff that's been done by the likes of Liverpool, John Moores and Jerry Hurl on trying to get athletes to uh, get jockeys to view themselves as athletes and look at their diet and look at this, that, and the other. Um, Whether there's an element of that ideology holding too much sway over the day-to-day reality and the deeply concerning survey results that the PJA have have shared with the BHA and and the deep deep concerns about jockeys' physical and mental, particularly mental, well being because of the closure of saunas and the removal of the personal allowance, um, or whether it's just pressure from racecourses who've removed saunas and to reinstall them um, would cost money and and that's money that doesn't want to be spent and because of the way the PJA and jockeys position back in 2011 is now being inaccurately portrayed as just an outright support for the closure of saunas. And they're seemingly about face to now want saunas back, which as I've demonstrated, just isn't true in any event. Um, I really don't know. And I think realistically, to understand that fully, you you would need to speak to the BHA because I certainly don't understand it fully. And I don't think the PJA do because I don't think it's been explained.
1: Paul Struthers, former CEO of the PJA, giving us his expert insight into this topic. And Paul, we really appreciate the time and the effort that you've taken to explain this situation, both this one and the whip rules to us on the show. Let's bring in former jockey and now pundit Louis Stewart, a colleague of mine at TalkSport 2, and of course a regular right here on the Final Furlong podcast as well. Since we put the production of this show together, Louis, the PJA have done a 180. They've decided to turn on the BHA and actually properly represent who they are morally and ethically obliged to represent, and that's the jockeys. And that's resulted in the BHA then attacking the PJA and saying, well, you're now undoing all the good work that we've done. What's your current thoughts on the situation?
0: Yeah, well, Emma, I'm, I'm, it's kind of it's getting a bit sickening now how the BHA are always playing enemies and, and not wanting to work with, with the people that go out there day in, day out, and put their lives on the line to do a job that we we all love love the sport, obviously, but we're all out here trying to make a living. And jockeys are not trying to cause a problem here. Jockeys are only trying to make their life safer and healthier to to compete at the highest level for as many years as as they can. And it's getting to the stage now where I, I, I just feel like it's it's kind of yes, so yes, sir, no, sir. And The the people that are actually involved and and being harmed in this situation are not getting heard. And the PGA now, yes, are on side with the jockeys trying to to push for this, which um, so, so they should. And it's basically I've not heard one jockey's interview recently where they've said, um that they basically don't want the saunas back they all need it back and the thing is emma it's it's one of them where the sauna is is a quick fix in in getting the job done now losing weight is not easy especially when you're probably a stone or a stone and a half under your natural body weight like i was I. I was having to, I, I guess, be around nine stone every day. And, and for a lad being six foot tall, I should not be nine stone or, or 57 kilos. Like that's just physically not logical. So the sauna is a, is a quick fix. It's a healthier way of, of dehydrating yourself, like we see in other sports. Boxers have to use it the night before they they weigh in, et cetera. So it's getting to a stage now where we're only doing it for our own safety. And, and the BHA need to hear that and understand that, we're not trying to cause an argument or, or trying to put anyone's nose out of joint. It's purely for the health and safety of, of the human beings that are going out there and risking their lives.
1: We keep hearing about jockeys driving to racecourses with the heating on full blast. How this is not getting through to the BHA is beyond me. Like, Are they purposely just ignoring this? Are they purposely putting their fingers in their ears like, well, these saunas are unsafe. And because of that, it doesn't really matter. We have to take the desired... You're saying, oh, well, we care about the welfare of jockeys, but you don't act that way. You're not actually going out there to really help them. You're imposing incredibly harsh whip rules with draconian punishments that are severely impacting the mental health of riders and severely impacting their ability to earn a living in this sport. And you're doing nothing to alleviate that. And the whole practice of how those rules were brought in, we now know from a special podcast that you contributed to that I presented last week, we now know that that was brought in with jockeys being hoodwinked. And the entire narrative that jockeys actually knew what those rules were going to be before they were published, it's nonsense. They didn't know. It was forced upon them. And I now know that when the rules were were brought in to get rid of the saunas, the survey that the PJA used to give to the BHA to say, oh, here, the jockeys have voted to get rid of it, the response to that was around about 50% of jockeys. So it wasn't every single jockey agreeing to a permanent ban of saunas. It was around about 50%. That's not every single jockey. And they had given them a weight allowance as part of that, which they then subsequently took away. So you're telling jockeys, we're doing what's best for you. We know your body and your mind better than you do, which is why we're telling you, like naughty school children, you can't use saunas. And we're banning them for life from racecourses but then they don't actually talk to the jockeys and understand how severely of a negative impact this is having on them. And when jockeys speak out about that, and when the PJA change their minds, turn 180 and say, okay, we're no longer on the BHA side on this. We've got to fight for the people whose job it is that we have to protect. We have a moral and ethical responsibility to protect jockeys. When they come out and say, this is crazy, we need the saunas back, the BHA attack them. It's nuts. Yesterday, young jockey george wood was speaking to the moose ian abrams about the latest him- health implications of the sauna ban it's causing this is what george had to say on, on the topic
3: personally for myself i've i've driven racing a few times throughout the last couple of years and i've had to pull over on the hard shoulder because i felt very very dehydrated and sort of uh lightheaded um and there's not really too much you can do you have to get a bit of fresh air and go again whereas before saunas you only be dehydrated for 40 minutes or so whereas now i said last year was my worst one i had to I, riding down the bath on a Friday from Newmarket you had to allow four hours so I was dehydrated for five five and a half six hours um, and it wasn't nice at all and I ended up coming back in a little bit uh, a pound heavy because I had a drink before I went out to ride just because I was dehydrated for so long and I just personally I can't see the benefits of not having soreness to be doing what we're doing now
4: surely it's better for you to be overweight though and having had a drink of water and be, uh, and, and be safe yeah. rather than be making the weight and, and getting on top of a horse feeling dizzy and feeling Dehydrated,
3: yeah, for sure. And that's the that's 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 my my hand was forced uh, when I was at Bath to have a drink because I knew I couldn't go out to ride after being dehydrated for that long. Um, And unfortunately, I did did tip over and I got a three-day suspension because of it. And it's that just says enough for me. And it's just it's very frustrating being in this sport and the sport you grow up to love and realizing the BHA and people are running it, it's for them not to be caring about the main people involved in it is it's 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 not nice but it's it's, we're doing everything we can in our power to 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 try and fix it and if you ask every jockey in the waiting room or 90 percent of them they'd want the orders back now so it's um we're trying our best anyway
1: louis does this entire process expose the rather uncomfortable truth that jockeys do have to ride dehydrated and even if they're not dehydrated you're kind of malnourished
0: yeah obviously there's there's no two ways about this emmett that every jockey is deprived of of nutrition you you have to like i've said to you um earlier we're all way under our our natural body weight to to try and come to terms with obviously adapting to the weights we have to meet each day but the the sad thing about this is is that if if this was a horse welfare issue this would be knocked on the head within a week or so but We're we're talking about people's lives on the line and and there was many times one I actually remember quite recently where I actually had to lose three pound before I was going racing. I was riding at Newcastle. I had to turn down riding out in the morning, which effectively could have cost me rides and, and money just purely to sit in the bath and sweat. And I actually got to the races and I weighed out. I got on my horse. I'd done the weight fine. And I got cramp in my left leg as I was cantering down. And I could not stand up in the saddle for about two furlongs. And that was scary. I, I felt like I was out of control purely because my body was de- dehydrated and malnourished from that day. Well, I could have had a drink on the way up there, had a coffee, uh, a few hard-boiled sweets or whatnot to get, get my sugar levels up jumped in the sauna for half an hour to to 40 minutes and it would have been done and there's medical staff on the course at home I don't have anyone like that I'm just sat there with my dog and I can assure you now my dog doesn't know how to rescue me if I'm laying on the floor um, passed out but it's just it's sad that people can't recognize it we're not doing this to try and make a big hoo-ha and bring more attention to to the sport, but we're we're doing this for our own health and safety. I I don't get what is not to be heard from this.
1: This whole process is just absolutely infuriating. And I'm saying that from the perspective of somebody who's a fan of this sport, I'm saying that from the perspective of the racing media, what must it be like to be a jockey in Britain these days? Because it's not easy. Prize money is pathetic. You're in desperate fear of breaching the whip rules. And if you do, you're going to be hit with a fine and a hefty ban. And then they won't help you make weight on race day because they've banned the saunas. And when you express to the BHA, oh, we desperately need these and here's why, they don't want to know. They don't want to know quick mention to the sponsor of today's episode venator racing social they are the name to trust when thinking of attending horse racing abroad the aim at venator racing social is to make the world of horse racing more accessible giving you access to horse racing holidays all over the world ranging from the prestigious world-renowned festivals to the more unique but equally exciting race courses across the globe. At Venator Racing Social, they pride themselves on offering a bespoke service to all their clients, guaranteeing each and every customer an unforgettable horse racing experience with that personal touch. The team of dedicated racing and travel professionals have traveled the world, attending race meetings and sporting events, endeavoring to bring their knowledge and experience to every package, thus giving you peace of mind that you'll be looked after every step of the way along with having access to the best restaurants and hospitality at each racecourse. Venator's huge range of horse racing holidays capture the imagination of racegoers, syndicate members and owners groups alike. So whether you're looking for a five-star gravy train with bells on luxury holiday or a more affordable trip, Venator Racing Social have all the options for everyone, including Irish Champions Weekend, the Arc de Triomphe weekend, a Vienna weekend tour, which is something I'm hoping to go on. It's not really a racing trip. It's more of an equine trip, incorporates a show and behind the scenes private tour of the Spanish Riding School and visits to the exquisite Christmas markets in Vienna. We fly out on Friday, the 24th of November that morning. We fly back on Monday, the 27th of November. And it sounds like it's going to be a brilliant, brilliant weekend. I'm really looking forward to that. Next year, they've got the Dublin Racing Festival covered, the St. Moritz White Turf Package, that would be magic. Uh, Cheltenham Festival, of course, and the Dubai World Cup. Now, is 2024 finally the year that I make it to Dubai? and get to the Dubai World Cup. I know you're so anxious about that. That is your priority. Is Kennedy going to get to the Dubai World Cup? I don't know, but hopefully. Hopefully next year is finally the year that I go. And who knows? Maybe you will be there alongside me. Find out more at venator.co.uk. That's V-E-N-A-T-O-U-R.co.uk uk get a list at the full racing packages and indeed various different sporting packages as well there's bespoke Formula One packages rugby trips cricket trips but for us it's all about the racing you can check it all out at Venator.co.uk tell them the Final Fourland podcast sent you. All right, back to the show. So let's react to the statement from the Professional Jockeys Association in the company of my TalkSport 2 colleagues, pundit Tony McCormick and former jockey Lizzie Kelly. Uh, And Lizzie, I'll begin with you. So the PJA are now advocating for the reinstatement of saunas on racecourses, and that triggered a strong reaction from the British Horse Racing Authority. The BHA accusing the PJA of contradicting its previous stance and undermining the extensive efforts made to address the issue of jockeys' weight management. So it's a huge story. It's also a very complex story. But where do you stand on it?
5: Um, well, I think there's there's another there's another layer to the story, and this that that layer. I think I've got this right, Emmett. That layer is that jockeys were given a six-pound weight allowance to replace the soreness. So it was an already existing three-pound allowance for body protectors and then an extra three pounds on top of that. So if you were riding at nine stone, let's say, when you stood on the scales, you were actually carrying nine six. So then when they decided that the question was, would you like to have the saunas, if you can keep the allowance? Well, obviously everyone says yes. So everyone's in agreement that that's fine. Little did the, anyone know, apart from potentially the BHA, was that they were then going to take away the COVID allowance further down the line, which is what happened. Everyone then obviously kicked up a stink So they reduced it from a six-pound allowance to a four-pound allowance and put the overall weight up two pounds. So what the BHA will tell you is that jockeys are still receiving a six-pound allowance, but they're not. They're receiving the original three-pound allowance plus an extra one, and the weight The overall weights going up from bottom weight of 10 stone to 10 stone 2 does very little to help a jockey whose bottom weight that they've chosen, their minimum weight that they will ride at is say 10.4. Because actually there's they still have to ride at 10.4 if a horse has 10.4. The allowance means they are riding at 10.8. where, when they had the COVID allowance, they would have been riding at 1010. 10. <laughs> I think I've got that right.
1: Mats were never my, my strong rap- suit, Lizzie. So I'm glad you're the one breaking down the mats but on what, this one.
5: But what I, yeah, but the, the point is, and this is what I really don't like about the media, the, the, the statements and stuff are being put out by the BHA about the PJA agreeing to the saunas going or anyone agreeing was that it was in conjunction with the fact that the jockeys had the COVID allowance. They've Mm. taken that away. So they cannot say that the PJA or anybody agreed with removal of the sauna because it all was working with having an extra allowance. So it's just those statements they're putting out, it's just a con. They're just covering their backs and, and twisting their statements to make it sound like, oh, the PJ agreed with it all. Oh, the jockeys were really happy with us taking away the saunas. But that's because the jockeys were really happy with having a £6 allowance rather than a three. It's just lies, Emmett, and it's really beginning to bug me because the BHA are spinning this to make it sound like they were just doing what everyone wanted when they weren't.
1: They are acting as though this is something that the Professional Jockeys Association and jockeys themselves were all calling for, but then they're omitting very key pieces of data. And look, this is something that I've spoken to Paul Struthers about. He has access to a survey, the largest response to a survey in the history of the Professional Jockeys Association. 60% of the jockeys who are all represented by the PGA responded. And you might think, well, why is it not 80%? Why is it not 100%? Why are they not all? Getting in on this act. And I can answer that question for you. What I can tell you is that it is the largest response they've ever had to a survey. And overwhelmingly, that survey reveals that jockeys are physically and mentally worse off now without the saunas than they were when the saunas were in place. I don't see any empathy from the British Horse Racing Authority for the situation with jockeys, a situation that the BHA themselves have put jockeys in. There is something. You're dead that really... right.
5: There is no sympathy. And that is because I, I worry that the BHA have come so far away from people who actually will have ever done it. I don't think you will find very many, if any, retired jockeys in the BHA who would understand What it means to not have a sauna, and I used to struggle with my weight when I when I went in my career, and the sauna was never going to be able to get you know weight off at a moment's notice. You know you're looking at your last two or three pounds. Any jockey in their right mind would have taken a a bigger COVID like a bigger allowance over having to sit in the saunas you know sitting in a sauna is not really that fun like it might be grand if you're at a spa with your girlfriends uh, or you know it's part of your morning routine but actually sitting there sweating off two pounds like it's no fun but the but the alternative is so much worse it's so much more damaging it's so much more dangerous And actually it's giving these jockeys a serious issue with their mental health because actually the pressure to turn up to a race day and be the right weight is enormous. It was one of the worst things about being, it was the worst thing about being a jockey, where you stand on the scales in the morning and you've lost a pound or two pounds less than you should have done overnight. You're waking up heavier than you thought you were going to. And you think to yourself, how the hell am I going to lose, you know, two pounds before I ride this horse today? And you take the sauna out of that and the and the options become very limited. And, I, you know, you, you hear all these anecdotes. And, of course, they're always going to make people who haven't done, haven't had to do it. They feel sympathetic towards jockeys. But actually, I i find it concerning that jockeys aren't being treated like the professional athletes that they are. They are not children. You can have restrictions around saunas. Fine. No under 18s. You can't be losing more than three pounds in a sauna. You can't be spending however long in a sauna. That's fine. You can have restrictions, but I have no understanding of why the BHA are treating jockeys as if they're they're school children
1: well to bring tony in, i think it's because of what you just said at the very beginning of that that the bha are not filled with former jockeys they're not filled with people who have fought the bha tony they remind me of a decorated soldier but one who didn't actually fight in any wars (laughs) he's got all the medals but he was never on the front line instead he was giving the orders for soldiers to go out and do the fighting and then one day he gets handed a grenade pulls the pin on it, and is completely shocked that it explodes in his face. And that, to me, is what the BHA are on this. They don't know what it is to have to get their weight down. They don't know what it is to, to require to use a sauna every single day. And there's something that alarms me about this, which has been... This is not something that I uncovered myself. This has been pointed out to me by jockeys, several of them, who've been in touch, all highlighting an interview that Chris Cook did in 2017 when he was writing for The Guardian with Dr. Jerry Hill, chief medical advisor to the BHA, in 2017, he was saying he would like to see a day when saunas are no longer in use on British racecourses, And apparently he'd been saying this all the way back to 2011. And here we are in 2023, and lo and behold, after the COVID pandemic, they're gone.
4: Mm. well I, I alluded to a, a chat I had with Sally Eagledon uh, chief executive of um, Beverly and she told one of the first things she told me was that the chief medical officer Dr. Jerry Hill had been wanting to get rid of them for a while and you've just said there, 2017 going back to a, an interview with Chris Cook in 2017 in the Guardian um it's it's amazing and, and going back to what you said about I have to say that I got a whatsapp over the weekend by somebody who used to, is an ex-Racing Post journalist, can I just repeat that, an ex-Racing Post journalist, and oh, said, oh, you're not going to win any prizes, Tony, for still highlighting Dunshire comes from Harness Racing and Harrington Julia Harrington comes from British Cycling. But w- what's wrong with saying that? You both have just alluded to, we need more racing people. My worry here is, Emmett and Lizzie, is... We've got the likes of David Armstrong, who is a very, very prominent owner, James Given, ex-trainer, John Ferguson, ex-trainer, are on either, board, either on the board or are directors of the BHA. It's on the BHA website. The David Armstrong there. There's James Given there, and there's John Ferguson there as well. Now that's a, that's a bit of a, a worry for me. And going back to the, the whole point that brant dunshare had said that saunas are not safe yet he denied he said that this morning he, he said this morning he denied what? he said saunas are unsafe in a world where health and safety is possibly an industry within an industry how are saunas in every health club <laughs> yeah and I,
1: I guess the the argument that would will be put forward by the bha is oh well yeah, it that specifically says you're only supposed to use them for 15 minutes or whatever it is that it, that it says this mm. in my gym there's a thing at the jacuzzi says, maximum 15 minutes per day. Nobody adheres to that, right? Nobody does. But this whole hmm. thing, I, I want to confirm that, by the way, about Brenton Shea. I'm not doubting you for a second. I just want to confirm that he, that he said that and is now making out that he hasn't, because that's just feeding into a pattern that we're beginning to continue to see from the BHA. They make a comment, they say a certain thing, and then, no, they didn't. No, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. We never said that at all. <laughs> uh, or anything that is uncomfortable hmm. to their narrative. They want changed, but th- that's a story for another day. Check out Matt Chapman's recent article in The Sun and, uh, and how the PHA uh, tried to get him to adjust something he had written. He refused, it <clears throat> went over his head to his editor. And they will claim we're right about this because when now we've been given a 300 word right to reply, what they neglect to mention is the editor backed Matt. The editor said, No, we're not changing that. And if there was something incorrect in that, if there was something that isn't factual they would have had to issue a retraction and an apology. They didn't. They've basically got themselves a free article. They don't have to pay the BHA to write this, and they can publish it. So it's like a free 300-word article for The Sun. That's what they've ended up with. But they didn't have to actually change anything that Matt said, which means that what Matt wrote is not inaccurate. But anyway, that's that's I'm digressing on that, but it makes me very uncomfortable. I have no problem with the BHA wanting to correct the record if something inaccurate is out there. I have a real problem with them trying to get information that has been published suppressed if it does not suit their narrative. In the end of all this, Lizzie, does this not just reveal a very uncomfortable truth about jockeys and their well-being in in the first place? Like, Louis Stewart, one of the first things he said to me when he retired on TalkSport 2 was that he was malnourished. He had to be. He's a big lad. He's six foot. So he was constantly starving himself. I've spoken to multiple jockeys who all they have for breakfast and lunch is a cup of tea. No sugar, no milk, just tea. The amount of jockeys I have interviewed, and that you would know, Lizzie, who openly admit to sweating in their cars, driving their cars with the heating on full blast, sometimes wearing a sweatsuit, because they can't use a sauna on the race course. So it's an unhealthy lifestyle anyway. At least when there's a sauna at a race course, there's a doctor on track, there are EMTs on track. That's surely safer than people resorting to the drastic measures that they are currently going to, Lizzie.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's what feels so completely mental about this entire discussion, is that every jockey has to sweat. It's part of the course, it's part of a of parcel of being, of being a jockey. There's no way around it. And people are getting bigger and we don't really want to put the weights up. Um, any higher than absolutely necessary. So it means that people are going to have to sweat. Surely providing the safest possible environment for a professional athlete to do something that goes hand in hand with his chosen career is the best thing for everybody. But the BHA seem to disagree with what to me It's just common sense.
1: Well said, Lizzie Kelly. And you can hear more from Lizzie, Tony and Louis and myself this week on Racing Live on TalkSport 2 as we bring you live coverage of the Ebor meeting. York Racecourse coverage begins on Wednesday. We'll be on the air from 1pm all the way through the afternoon. Live commentary on track from Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly. We'll bring you all the major races. TalkSport 2 from 1pm. Join us all week. Should be a lot of fun. Finally on this topic, let's bring in top jumps jockey, Brendan Powell. Brendan, it's great to have you on the show again. I really appreciate your time and your insight. I think your lowest riding weight in the last 12 months is about 10 stone two. But how difficult is it for you and your jumps jockey colleagues and for your colleagues on the flat to maintain your riding weight and to get down to the lowest riding weight that would be required of you in certain handicaps?
7: Pre-COVID, they they made a few adjustments to the... To, to the minimum weights uh, over jumps so they raised the minimum weights by two pounds which is obviously takes up to 10 stone two so um yeah thankfully uh thankfully bit, there's, there's no more 10 stones but um but no 10 to 10 two is our bottom weight now and um you know when i was 17 16 i was doing eight stone two on the flat but uh, i wouldn't be doing that anymore
1: trying to maintain a body weight at down that low like particularly for the flat jockeys at eight stone two yeah. Like how brutal is that? What what kind of diet are you talking about, and then trying to maintain that low weight with various different exercises? Not just the fact that you're going to be riding out in the morning and then riding during the afternoon. But how brutal a regime is that to keep that weight down?
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say I'd say for the flat jockeys, it's probably a little bit more so. But there are still some jump jockeys that struggle with their weight. Obviously, you know, if you stand a jump jockey and a flat jockey side by side, there's usually quite a bit of uh, height difference. Um, and, and that's mainly due, you know, flat jockeys are, tend to be a little bit smaller in stature, um, obviously because the weights are smaller, but, you know, then again, there's <clears throat> there's likes of Adam Kirby and, you know, George Baker. I know he's retired now, but he was, you know, he, he wouldn't have looked far off six foot. Danny Muscat, uh, I think he's quite tall. There are some quite tall flat jockeys, and I imagine that their their daily routine is, is fairly rigorous, but, um, you know, there's a few jump jockeys that... That do struggle a little bit with their weights as well. So I think it's it's the same in you know in any sport where where weight comes into it. You know, e.g., boxing and horse racing and, and the likes. I think there's all you know, people are always going to struggle with their weights no matter you know even if they raised even if they raise the jump weights to you know a, a stone. There's still you know there's going to be heavier lads then that are still they're still going to have weight problems. So it's just nature of the beast really. But I suppose in terms of diet, you know, I, I myself I wouldn't. I wouldn't eat breakfast. Um, I'd have something relatively small for lunch. I find if I have breakfast in the morning, I tend to be hungry for the rest of the day, really. So um, a cu- cu- cup of tea or a cup of coffee in the morning will do me and and um, something to pick away at during the afternoon. But I always make sure I have something, something substantial for dinner, even if I've got like the next day. Um, in terms of the flat jockeys, I'd say it could be something similar. Um, I know a lot of the lads on the flat now, um, they do, uh, their meal preps um, so they set out their meals for the, for the week ahead um, which can you know obviously obviously helps with the to fit in with a busy schedule you know we're always if, if we're not on the back of a horse we're usually inside a car driving to or from the races or to and from riding out so um, yeah it, it, it could be it could be quite hectic but we, we manage it
1: somehow and my diet would be a little bit similar to yours today however i'm carrying significantly more timber than you in that i've i've only had a coffee so far Today or several coffees, which would explain my tone. Really, I should be eating a lot and healthier, but I will crash for energy. So, as a jockey, I don't have to go out and, and ride a racehorse. I'm just talking on the radio. I'm speaking into a microphone. That's all I got to do. You're riding a racehorse. Where does the energy come from if you're not able to have a proper breakfast or a proper lunch?
7: Uh, good question, Emmett, and I can't really give the answer. I suppose, um, I suppose, a lot of us just get into the routine, and our bodies, obviously, you know, just adapt to. Lifestyle that we live. Even if I haven't eaten anything, and I've got you know, if I've got six rides in a day and a couple of light weights, I I always sort of manage to, to find some energy in, in my reserves to keep me going. Um, and I, I think sleep is massively important as well. Sleep sleep's very much underrated. um You know, I always try and make sure I get my eight hours, um, and I, I think I think that helps a lot as well. You know. In terms of energy levels and and it helps your mood as well and i think that can transpire to how much energy you have
1: depending on what kind of mood you're in yeah the science on sleep is fascinating and it it really is the case that you can't just get eight hours one night four hours the next and then think you'll make up for it if you lose sleep it does damage to you yeah i'm a grumpy sod if i don't get my eight hours of sleep i can tell you that right now and um, i I would imagine that for an elite jockey that has to be the case as well when you go racing you will often see jockeys Running on the racecourse. What kind of additional methods do you do to keep your weight down? I
7: suppose you're killing two birds with one stone when you go for a run around the track, because you know, as, as well as as well as losing those those couple of pounds, you're you're going checking out the course layout and the racing line and seeing see what the ground is like. So um, it's it's quite it's, it's quite, quite 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 helpful. Um, obviously, it would be it would be quite handy sometimes to have sauna still at the racecourses, um, you know, for any lads that are carrying any injuries and they can't go running for whatever reason you know last year I I had a bit of trouble with my knee so I found it quite hard to go running so if I needed to lose weight I needed to do it the night before rather than the day of just purely because we couldn't use the saunas but um, you know we've got to make do with what we've got and um, yeah so running the track is kind of the main method and Like I said, some jockeys, you know, if if they don't have to ride out, they'll have a sweat in the morning in the bath or even stop off at a gym on the way to the racecourses to use maybe their saunas or steam rooms. Um, But, um, you know, there's there's a few jockeys there that even sort of sweat sweat in their cars on the way racing. But um, I like to sort of, I I try to leave the sweating out of the car if possible.
1: So does that mean the heat is on full blast in the car as they're heading to Newton Abbot today?
7: Yeah, be, be heaters, heated seats, sweatsuit on. Um, and keep the windows up uh, until you get to the race course so yeah that's that's the method some jockeys use but um you know that's that's if you're that's if you're struggling for time or, or, or really struggling before you get to the races but um i think most of us try and do it either the night before or the morning of or when we get to the races by running but um like I said, having the saunas at the race forces was quite helpful with uh, with losing those couple of pounds late on, you
1: know? I was just trying to imagine what that would be like. The idea of having the windows up in this heat and the heater on and the heated seats, like, oh my God! The, <laughs> the saunas disappearing has been a, a real bone of contention. Like, banning the saunas really hasn't gone down well with a lot of jockeys.
7: No, it hasn't. And, um, you know, I think, I think think I think it's just a lot to do with the hectic lifestyle we have you know i mean if if, if none of us had to ride out in the mornings so or i didn't have anything to do then we'd have plenty of spare time to get our weight sorted at home but the fact is 95 percent of jockeys have to be somewhere in the morning to ride out um, and you don't really want to be taking off those pounds the night before unless you really have to because then you've got to spend the next 14 hours um, fairly dehydrated and you know it's, it's hard enough to work in in our sort of environment when you're when you're in sort of peak condition and fully hydrated let alone you know have, you know losing three or four pounds like before so having saunas at the race courses was in, in my opinion um a bit a bit safer um if uh, but uh, only if used correctly as well isn't because i know i know in the past there has been job there have been jockeys that have taken off quite a lot of weight in the saunas that you know within a space of an hour and a half or two hours which isn't healthy but I think if used correctly at the saunas, there's absolutely nothing wrong with
1: using a sauna. But it's also quite unfair because there there are jockeys who have saunas in their home or they can go to a gymnasium and use a sauna there and then go to the race course and not every jockey has that luxury. So there are some who are able to take full advantage of using a sauna, albeit not at a race course, yeah. and then others who are greatly disadvantaged and have to use their cars to warm themselves up, uh, to sweat off as much as they can.
7: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, but the, the thing I couldn't really get my head around was a lot of the racecourses now. Um, you know, if they have a spa or a gym that's nearby to the racecourse, <laughs> the racecourse will actually give you almost like a voucher, so you, you can go in and use the sauna in the uh, in the spa or the hotel that's nearby. Which doesn't really make sense when the saunas actually, you know, basically inside the weighing room um, that that were that we could use anyway. So uh, it, it doesn't really. Do hasn't really made much sense to me, but, um, you know, uh, I've uh, just got to get on and get on and um, try and do as best you can with, with, what, with what we've
1: what given, you know. So what you're saying is there's a ban on saunas across British racecourses and that's universal, yet there are some racecourses who will turn around to jockeys and say, hey, here's a voucher, you can head down to that gymnasium or you can head down to that hotel and use their sauna. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense, does it? Just another example of what an absolute omni-shambles British racing is becoming. Thank you so much, Brendan Powell. The jump season is coming back soon. Looking forward to having you back on the show very soon for that. Top man? Thanks very much,
7: Emma. Speak soon.
1: Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Final Front podcast. If you found this episode informative, if you found it enlightening, please share it as far and wide as you possibly can. We have a terrific listenership to the Final Front podcast. But a lot of people have given a lot of their time and energy to give you the real facts of what's going on. Of how jockeys were hoodwinked into the whip rules. And hoodwinked about the saunas. At best. It is disingenuous behaviour from the BHA. At best. I think we've proved that in these two shows. But get the word out there. As far and wide as you can. I'm not expecting quote tweets from you. Just a retweet. A like. A share. It all helps. We're back with more great content on the Final full-on Podcast very, very soon. Until then. Look after yourself and each other. God bless.